Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host Jay Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Japuma. What's up, brother man? Not much, man. Sorry for the late start. Had a little technical difficulties over here, but doing good. Excited to talk about the week that was in the NFL and a train wreck in Foxborough and you know, game across the pond, more London games. Like, what What a time to be alive. Injury bugs, Puma bets. Let's do it. How you doing, Jay? Uh, I've had better days. Um, you know, you know, there comes a time, Puma, in every, every person's life that they've got to realize, you know, it's over, right? Um, I'm sure, you know, the Romans knew it when their dynasty was over, right? They had to admit it to themselves. You know, and I'm sure the Shin dynasty, when it was over, they all had to admit it to themselves, right? I'm sure the Mongolian dynasty, that when that fell, you know, uh, people had to admit to themselves that it was over. And uh, we saw the end of the New England Patriots dynasty as we knew it uh, when they got beat down by the New Orleans Saints 34-0. to Last week, the Patriots went down to Dallas, lost to the Cowboys 38-3, and we thought that was rock bottom, right? No, not even close to being rock bottom, because there's rock bottom of last week, a mile of crap, and then the rock bottom of this week when we <laughs> lost to the Saints. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what to say anymore, Puma. Like, uh, this Patriots team is... Uh, I mean, we joke about it, and I always call him Bella Fraud instead of Bella Chick because, you know, I've always thought that it was more, you know, Tom Brady than 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 Bill Belichick. You know, we always hear about how Bill Belichick has a great system, how he can develop players, how he can find people in some front and make them into something special. All that, yes, makes sense when you have the greatest of all time as a quarterback to, you know, kind of um, cover up all those mistakes. But now we're seeing that Bill Belichick without Tom Brady is not just an average coach. He's a below average coach and some right, sometimes downright bad. Like he is at the point now where we all know the numbers. He's uh, 20, I believe 25 wins, 28 losses since Tom Brady left. Um, He is overall, I believe something like 70 wins and 82 losses in his nine years as a head coach. Uh, five in Cleveland, four now in uh, New England. And, you know, I, I think we're at the point now as as Patriots fans where we've got to start making some serious, serious decisions, right? And not just decisions about, you know, Mac Jones or the roster or this and that, but I'm talking like fundamental changes in the organization. I'm talking, you know, can should we fire Bill Belichick? Should we move on from Bill Belichick? If we do, you know, who do we bring in? Like all these questions now are being circulated because we're well past that conversation of you know is time is Mac the guy? No, we 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 really truly understand now that Mac Jones isn't the guy, and now it's about figuring out you know the next big question that we have to ask ourselves is can Bill Belichick fix this? Can it be fixed? And that's the question I want to ask you, Puma, before we start getting down to the rabbit hole of let's fire him, let's move on, let's bring in somebody else. Can Bill Belichick fix what's happening right now? No. No, he can't. Because going into, you know, we we talked about it on Sunday after we, you know, I gave you my insight as to why the line moved the way it did. You know, we talked about it uh, off the air where this was a, you know, I guess to be fair, like an overrated defense per se. And that was when Judon and Gonzalez was in there. And now that those two guys are out, I mean, we saw on Sunday, 
that not only did like the team quit on the offense, like mm-hmm. the offensive side of the football, like the defense just showed like no will to fight anymore. And that, that's a, that's, you know, uh, an indictment on that coaching staff because all, all these years of, you know, do your job and all this other, you know, nonsense. And I guess you could say propaganda that was coming out of Foxborough. Like you could say that left the building when Tom Brady went down to, went down to Tampa Bay. I mean, you're not seeing any semblance of that. There's no, explosive pass catchers on this offense you guys are now seeing why Mike Gusecki was you know released from the Miami Dolphins like not only could he not run block he really wasn't that much of a dynamic player in the offense the one air quote explosive guy that you have is Hunter Henry and it it must suck when you look at Monday Night Football and you see what Jacoby Jacoby Myers Myers. has been doing compared to what Juju Smith-Schuster's been doing and you had a guy like literally like in your building, willing to do whatever it took to essentially win and to buy into the into the Kool-Aid that was being handed out to everybody in that locker room. And you guys said, nah, no thanks. We'll go with this guy that came from the Chiefs that really we know nothing about. And oh yeah, by the way, he has like bad knees apparently. Like this like there's no I don't see you guys making moves at the trade deadline to make it worth your while to try to like not go in the tank and just rebuild and blow this whole thing up. And even then, like, let's say you guys get Drake May or Bo Nix or, or uh, you know, Caleb Williams. Is there really any faith at all in this coaching staff, especially Bill Belichick, to not botch that too? Because, I, you know, if I'm Bob Kraft and we're going to be picking in the – more than likely picking in the top five, and this is actually a really good quarterback class, probably the best in at least the last seven years, I want, I, I want an offensive-minded coach. We're not in the 1980s anymore. Like I, you have to blow this up. And if that means getting rid of bill and then you blow it up and his kids leave with them too, like, you know, via condios. But I mean, this what's going on now isn't working. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I don't understand is how we were able to, um, play such a close game against the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending NFC champions. And then obviously we kept, you know, the Miami Dolphins somewhat in check. You know, the the next week they went up there and threw up 70 points against the the Denver Broncos. But I don't understand how we've basically fallen off the map over the last two and a half games. And it started somewhat in the middle of the the Jets game. Now, in the middle of the Jets game, there's also that Sauce Gardner incident between Mac Jones and and, uh, Sauce Gardner. So I wonder if that has any lingering effects. I wonder if, you know, teammates saw that and they kind of decided not to play for their quarterback anymore. I, I just can't seem to fathom how we were outscored 35 38 to three the uh, against the Cowboys and then 34 to zero against the New Orleans Saints. I think that when you lose that badly in the and the NFL Puma, there's more than just the talent on the field. I, I think there's something rotting inside of the organization. And if I had to guess, this is just purely skip, uh, speculation, Puma. I truly believe this team has quit on Mac Jones. I, I think he is not liked in the locker room. A lot of reports have come out somewhat indicating that Mac Jones can be a problem, can be uh, can wear teammates out. He isn't well-liked. There's no allies in the building. There's a lot of rumblings going around about Mac Jones and who he is as a leader, not just a football player anymore. Now we're talking about to the core of him being a lockable person in the locker room that I think is attributing to the fact that this team has semi-quit. And you can see in the body language, the moment he threw that pick six against the Saints, I felt as if a team was like, dude, are you kidding me? Are you for real? Like, again, 
you know, Alabria had a great report before the Saints game that in practice, they've noticed that Mac Jones is not keeping his eyes downfield. He's looking at the rush, right? Bad mechanics. And because of that, he's throwing some pretty horrific passes in practice, so much so that the defense has to go up to him in practice and say, hey, man, listen, if you do that in the in the, in the game, like, that's going to be bad. And then they see that happening in the game, and I think that's where there's a lot of rub between the team and Mac Jones right now. What a time to be alive. He has now devolved into Zach Wilson. Like I, in I the span of I, three games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, at oh the moment, I, at the moment, I, I think, I think truly Zach Wilson has rehabilitated his image a little bit. Cause last year team was out, out on him. I mean, he made those comments after a loss about how he didn't let the team down and it didn't take ownership. And I get it. The team was ready to revolt on him. I feel like Zach Wilson has somewhat corrected that mistake. Like, I feel like the guys like him in the locker room. I get the sense that nobody likes Mac Jones in the locker room. I truly do get that sense from everything I've heard so far this week. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I mean, the body language is there. I mean, when, when you have Joe Judge, you know, you sent me this tweet. Joe Judge, like, telling people to, like, run faster off the field going into halftime. Like, this isn't high school. Like, that's that's uh, that's insane. We're talking about, you know, professionals getting paid to do this and you know you have joe judge who you know maybe wrongfully so looking back like him and matt patricia like this offense is still bad it wasn't like, their this fault. Is, no this, this offense is still is, brutal this offense is much worse than it was last year like i i need you to understand that and i need for patriots fans slash the the rest of america to understand that like this offense is much worse than last year's offense and that's saying something mm-hmm. so you're bob Kraft. you guys mm-hmm. are now the laughing stock per se of the NFL, you should be cutting a big thank you check to the giants and Dayball for, you know, being worse than new England right now. Like, do you, let's, you know, I'm assuming you're bought, you, you want to fire bill Belichick. Like who, who's going to be the head coach then? Like, do you splurge I, and go after Ben Johnson? I, I don't Detroit? even care. Like, I, I don't care. And that, that question in itself is trying to really irk me a lot of times you know, on Boston radio this week, you'll hear, well, who else would you go get? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you hear that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, that is such a ludicrous, lazy response for people to say, or even for somebody in, in the Patriots organization to think that way. Like if you were, if you had that mindset, you would never go out there and find a Sean McVay. You would never go out there and find a Mike McDaniels. You would never find a couple well, of was a little different because his dad was a head coach, but there's this diamond to the rough that you as an organization have to go out there and find like Ben Johnson mm-hmm. is a great one i would love for him to come in here the one thing i do not want the one thing i i I will i will revolt against is if they remove the head in bell belichick but the body is still there right like uh gerard mayo still there his kids are still there the gm is still there if it's all the same right but bill belichick is not the head coach anymore then what good what good is that like you feel me like it's all the same mm-hmm. philosophy it's all the same way of thinking like you don't think you know uh, the Belichick sons are gonna be talking to dad on Sunday morning before the game and dad's gonna have input you feel me like there that needs to if if we come to a point where Kraft decides that he needs to you know wipe his hands clean and move on he's got to do a deep clean of the whole organization top to bottom. Right. I feel like the kids would leave anyways. Like that'd be to me, that'd be like just returning to the scene of a crime. Like, oh, my dad just got canned. Like, why the hell am I still here? But no, I'm with you. I think like, you know, you have to 
definitely change the philosophy in that building because the, the, this is, like I said, this isn't the 1980s. We need to catch up with the times. Like you need to get more dynamic pass catchers, you know, next year, like the salary cap situation for the, for the pads should be a little bit more flexible. So they might be able to go out and spend a little bit more in free agency, but you know, that's also a fundamental change from the top because Bob crafts, the guy cut checks and bill burned him the last time they, they tried to spend in, in free agency and I don't know if he's going to open the checkbook up again, regardless of who of who the head coach is. Yeah, well, let's move on to this this week's game. Since we're talking about the Patriots, you know, the Patriots are traveling out to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. The Raiders are coming off of a, a somewhat exciting win against the Green Bay Packers in Monday Night Football, where Jacoby Myers kind of balled out. Um, you know. Who do you got winning this game, Puma? And I, mean, I think I know I the feel, answer. <laughs> I feel like they both should lose. I mean, they're both yeah. going to try to find ways to lose. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase the question. Who's worse? <laughs> who's wor- I mean, who's worse is the Pats. Now, when it comes down to the brass tacks and, and- coaching decisions, like – I don't know. I mean, Mike, uh, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels was finding, trying to find a way to blow that game last night. Like, thank God for Jordan Love, like just being absolutely horrible in primetime yesterday. But I mean, I have uh, Vegas as a three point favorite at home. I have Vegas winning this game. And I think it's just, it's going to come down to Jacoby Myers revenge game. Max Mm -hmm. Crosby is going to serve Trent Brown, his ass on a hat. Uh, on Sunday. I mean, there were times in against the Saints, uh, Trent Brown looked like he quit on that on every offensive play. Like he wasn't giving his 100 percent. You know, one of the guys at Boston Radio compared it to him doing patty cake for for 65 plus snaps. (laughs) Uh, Max Crosby is going to get after it. Uh, If I if there's a prop on Max Crosby sacks like over under, I might just take the over blindly and just see what happens because that offensive line is not going to stop him. And, you know, Marcus Peters might house the pick six because, you know, Mac Jones isn't secure with the ball. And let's assume like Mac Jones has a bad series or a bad quarter and they go to Bailey Zappi. It's not like that's going to be an upgrade either, even with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo being, uh, you know, injury prone himself. Jacoby Myers revenge game. Devontae Adams was super quiet last night. Like is, is JC Jackson even going to play? And if so, like I'm still going to go with Devontae Adams going to be able to get after it. So uh, I don't feel comfortable with it. I'm going to take the Raiders to win. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Raiders to win too. But the question I have for you, Puma, is are we going to have another memorable moment like this one? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe. It's literally he's returning to the scene of the crime. So I wonder oh, how much like meditation he's, getting, he's gonna be. He's able getting to do. pushed into the earth there so badly, dude. Oh my god. Yep. It's uh listen, ultimately you know, Patri- the Patriots are gonna stick with Mac Jones from what I understand. Uh there's a lot of rumblings that this week that hey, there's a chance that you know, Billy Zappi or Will Greer, even his name came up that he could be the the next uh, <laughs> the starting quarterback for the Patriots. But it seems like they're going to give Mac Jones one more try. And from what I understand, they sat him down uh, and said, listen, you can't turn the ball over no more. Like if you turn the ball over, you're going to lose your job. It's from what I understand is being reported that they had a staunch talking to. So, you know, the question is, how do you get this offense humming? Um I truly believe you got to go back to the uh, the Buffalo Bills game from a couple of years ago where there was a windstorm and you decided not to let to let, let Mac Jones throw. You decided to run the ball as much as possible and you decided to throw the ball three times. That's the only way you can win this game. Like if you and put the ball, if you put the ball in Mac Jones's hand, he's gonna throw interceptions. 
And that's the thing, Jay. It's like the Raiders are brutal at stopping the run. Like, yeah. brutal. And they made A.J. Dillon look like Emmett Smith at times in the first half. Like, if Ramondre Stevenson or even, like, old man Zeke Elliott, like, somehow doesn't find a way to turn the hands on the clock back a little bit and they start feeding the ball and establishing the run, like, I, then I, I don't know what the, I don't know what decisions they're making over there. Because, like, th- that's the one spot on this defense. It would probably help neutralize Max, Max Crosby a little bit is to run straight at him downhill. And, you know, Ramondre Stevenson should be that guy. This offense is built to run the football. I don't understand why they're not running the football. And I get it. Like the last two weeks, like the game script has gone completely out the window because you're staring down the barrel of like 21, nothing in the first quarter. But like, Let's start to get some drives going, like establish the run, like pound the rock with Ramondre Stevenson, and then maybe that'll open up the play-action game, which is apparently what Mac Jones was supposedly supposed to be great at coming out of Alabama was to live off the play-action a little bit. I understand he was thrown to all-star receivers in Alabama, but like, let's go back to the basics. I mean, if, if Bill Belichick is standing at the podium week five, staring down like the barrel of his the coaching career the rest of the way, and he's saying we have to rebuild and re, you know hit reset essentially on the season, start running the goddamn football. Yeah. I think we need to dispel that notion of you know anything that you know Mac Jones did in, in college is something mm-hmm. you can translate to the NFL just because you know everything that he was built up as has been a false and patent lie basically you know he, he he's not a great leader he doesn't have the great processing power i think part of the issue why we're struggling so much is the fact that the the, the coaches ask him to do too much the coaches are giving him advanced level reads and he's not an advanced level quarterback like that's that's part of the thing that really bugged me about the narrative coming out with mac jones was the fact that people always talked about how he has all the intangibles. He's a, you know, he can process. His brain is the his superpower, and none of that is true. Like simply put, none of that is true. Like he needs to have it dumbed down for him. Like they've got to take a step back and simplify everything for him, just like they did for Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And we would make fun of those guys because they can't read through progression. Same situation here with Mac Jones, bro. Mm-hmm. So well, time to be alive. Yes, it's going to be a fun time. So, you know, in the off chance, the Raiders, uh, in the off chance, the Patriots win. Uh, I don't know how I feel because I'm fully in the uh, collapse for Caleb train right now. I mean, honestly, honestly, <laughs> if there's a Pats fan that's like delusional enough to think like, oh, man, we can write the ship like I want whatever drugs you're on. Like, I don't drink anymore, but like I need a vice somehow. Like, give me whatever pills you're taking so I can feel that high to think that way. But that's just asinine to me is and I, and I, people still think that. I truly believe, like, listen, Billy Zapp is not the answer. I get that, Puma. Um, but I think either it's him, you know, Billy Zappi or Will Greer or forget oh, who's that one kid? Malik, uh, Malik Cunningham. Yeah, you might as well put Malik Cunningham because out there. At this point, Puma, I think the bigger picture is it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback back there. I truly believe the team has quit on Mac Jones. I think there's so much something rotting there between the team and Mac Jones that they've they've given up on him. And I truly believe if Will Greer comes in or Zappi comes in, we'll have a bread, we'll have a better product on the field. Yeah, we might not win. We, we might not go make a playoff, but the team will respect the quarterback behind center and they will rally around him. Yeah. I just say you know, collapse for Caleb, Mayday for May, like something. <laughs> Any anything, anything. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to the best team in the NFL, in my estimation, the San Francisco 49ers traveling out to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson will be playing. Uh, he seems to have an injury, which it seems like he was cleared for, but decided still mm-hmm. not to play. So there's still uh, something dicey going around down there in Cleveland as well. But he got to win this game, bro. San Francisco, it's one of my best bets of the week. Um, I mean, the, the the spread right now is five and a half. On, you know, whichever book you're looking at, it seems to be the consensus line. The over under has cratered to like 37 and a half. A lot of that is built in with, I don't think books, I don't think a lot of people, myself included, are expecting Deshaun Watson to start on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, I believe there's also like rain forecasted as well, too. Uh, it's already come out as Stefanski said that if, uh, you know, Watson isn't able to go, it's going to be the PJ Walker show. Um, yikes. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. I, like I said, just lay them with the 49ers, you know, Jedrick Wills is going to be tested a lot by this defensive line for the 49ers. He's had a bit of a rough year so far. I really want to see how this defense is going to the defense for the, the Browns, I should say. Uh, is going to use Miles Garrett because I part of me wants to see the matchup between him and Trent Williams, but I feel like Jim Schwartz is going to move him inside on some place to try to get like the best matchup advantage. But the offensive line for the 49ers is really is like probably the best in the league right now, right by the Eagles and, and whatnot. Um, and I just Brock Purdy's a machine, man. Like I know we we were yes, saying let's like talk about him. let's talk uh, about Brock Purdy for a second, Puma, because. I think we need to start making the case. And I said this last week. I said this last week. I think there's something about this kid that's special. Like, I'm not saying he's the next Patrick Mahomes or the next Tom Brady. But this kid, man, like, he just knows where to go with the football. He's so damn smart. And and he is everything that we build Mac Jones to be, where, like, he knows before the ball is snapped, oh, crap, if this read's not here, I'm going here. If this is not going, I'm going there. Like, he is brilliant at running that offense, bro. I think he might be special. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy that. I mean, I still, I still lean a little bit more towards like the Shanahan system, but no, yeah, but, he is. But you saw he, Jimmy Garoppolo in that system, didn't you? Like, yeah, yeah. They, they got to the Super Bowl, but God, he sometimes he looked god awful throwing interceptions here. And oh there. yeah, and th- and that's what I was gonna say was like it's still like yeah, Purdy is operating great. He's making all the reads. Like yes, talent is there for Purdy. So like I'm gonna put fifty five percent on on uh on shanahan in the system and then the yeah. remaining balance is going to be on purdy i'm not just saying like oh if you put if you drop brock purdy in like the tampa bay offense like yeah, he's going to be an absolute yeah. scrub i am not yeah. saying that by any stretch of the imagination he's operating within the system it's it's, it's the, if the if the first three's not there there's one play and there's one check and if it's not there we're going to the check and that's kind of what drove aaron Rodgers nuts when he was up in green bay is he couldn't really audible out of plays and do what he wanted to Brock Purdy is doing exactly what the doctor is ordering him to do. And with all these playmakers around there and the Swiss army knife known as Christian McCaffrey back there, like I have a very hard time seeing a way for this Browns defense, especially Jim Schwartz and how aggressive he wants to be in his play calling is going to stop this. I think, you know, there's a good chance. There's a good chance the 49ers will cover this over by themselves. Like they did last week against Dallas. Yeah. 
So watching the 49ers, man, like it just makes me sad because I remember that's what we used to be. That's what the Patriots used to be. Like they would come out, they would get up early on you, they'll just pound you into the ground, just relentless wave after wave. We're the smarter team. We schemed it up better. We had the better defense. We had the the quarterback that was doing it all. And now I look at it and I'm like, damn, man, we got Mac Jones. <laughs> yep. What a what a time to be alive. But the messed up thing is like there can't be enough emphasis on how the the stars aligned in San Francisco because Mm -hmm. like part of that coaching staff wanted Mac Jones and then like the general manager wanted Trey Lance and somehow like the moon and the stars and the earth spinning on a 90 degree equinox in the words of Scott Steiner versus the English language like they like Brock Purdy fell to them. Like you want to talk about golden parachutes in the history of the National Football League? That is the ultimate one because if it wasn't Brock Purdy there right now, there would be massive questions about this coaching staff. It can't be emphasized enough, and it's going to be interesting when push comes to shove because he's going to have to get paid pretty soon. And there's still like reports coming out that he has a roommate in San Francisco, so he can make rent every month. Yeah. And he's yeah, like he's quarterbacking he, the best team in the National Football League. So, but we I should really, know, we should have known this. We saw him. You, I know you started watching some college football towards the end of Brock Brady's career, but I don't know if you watched, you know, him at Iowa State. But look at where that program is now with him gone. Literally one mm-hmm. player left, and and that program is off the map again. With with it's off the Brock map, Brady they have there. a gambling problem. It's it's yeah. insane. Yeah, <laughs> I I just I just I think the world of him, and I think. Uh, you know, the kid is playing lights out. He's undefeated as a starter. He, he, the only time he lost a game was when his shoulder was, when his elbow was so messed up, he needed surgery the next day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only time he lost a game was in that Eagles game, NFC Championship game. And who knows? If he wouldn't got hurt, man, who knows? Maybe a magical story. So, you know, I, I, I'm with you there. I think the 49ers are a better team. I think if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, you know, the 49ers are going to, uh, are going to roll. But here's, Something I'm gonna say, and this might be a little crazy, okay? Oh, here we go. If Deshaun Watson's playing on Sunday. I got the Cleveland Browns winning. You're on drugs, okay? The Cleveland Browns are gonna win on Sunday, and the only reason I say that is because you know West Coast team making a long trip over uh or to the other side of the the country, one o'clock game. You know the Browns are a team that I think maybe the the 49ers could overlook in that situation. And ultimately, I do believe that Cleveland Browns defense can wreak some havoc. Like, I mean, let's not get it twisted. That defense, if it's right and it's and it's going the way it's going for the Browns, how it, how it has been, I think the 49ers could be in some trouble here. Now, obviously, that's a that's a big if, like in my opinion. Obviously, if uh, if Deshaun Watson plays and all that stuff, but I tell you what, man, I won't be shocked if the if the Cleveland Browns somehow won this game. I could buy that. If I didn't see how Deshaun Watson looked against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football week two, yeah. because they gave him fits, he was making all these stupid penalties. Like I feel like that's kind of the blueprint as to what the 49ers are going to do. And if it's going to be like rainy and windy in Cleveland yeah. and winds of like 20 miles an hour, like you know, I I'm all set. And by the way, like not enough is being said about essentially Deshaun Watson saying, Hey, medical staff, Hey coach, I'm just going to sit this one out. Yeah. Like nothing's being made. There's not enough. And like, yeah, Jay, you you bury, you you bury Lamar. Yeah. But Deshaun Watson's okay. 
No, I never said he's okay. I never, I never okay. once said that. I, uh, I have uh, very little to no respect for people like uh, Lamar Jackson and and Deshaun Watson. I shouldn't be putting the same conversation when it comes to what Deshaun Watson has been off the field. I'm just strictly talking about the injury aspect and quitting on your mm. team. So let me make that clear. But I have no room. I for people that quit in their team. Uh, Lamar Jackson decided last year he would rather get paid and he would sit out a playoff game. And I think the same situation is happening in Cleveland now where he, Deshaun Watson, seems to have been cleared from his medical staff and he still decided to sit out because, quote-unquote, he didn't feel well. So in my eyes, it's a little bit of a quitting syndrome there. Um, it really tells me where his priorities are and he's on very thin ice with me as well in that situation. It's uh, it's like the what is it the Dave Chappelle gif where he's like dabbing his eyes like the tears with the with the hundreds of hundred dollar yeah. bills like yeah. that's you got paid it's like nah man I'm all set Kev put Dory yeah. Thompson out there it's fine yeah. nope absolutely not yep all right let's move on to the Seahawks taking on the Bengals. Uh, looks like Joe Burrow and the Bengals are back, baby. <laughs> Burrow and the Bengals absolutely torched the uh, the Arizona Cardinals defense. He, bar- you know, uh, Joe Burrow went for 317 yards, three touchdowns. You know, Jamar Chase finally came alive. Uh, it looks like they're starting to find themselves a little bit clicking here. They're two and three now, and I think the season officially has started for Cincinnati. I can easily see them going on a run here and making some noise. Um, who do y'all win this game, bro? Call me the contrarian. Oh, here we go. Not only is Seattle going to cover the three. Oh, here we go. Also another one of my best bets. But I think Seattle is going to win this game outright. And if you look at you look at the game a little bit more, like a lot of that offense was buoyed by that massive like touchdown strike. I think it was like 30 plus yards down the field. Other than that, to, to Jamar Chase, other than that, they only averaged like four yards of play. And an argument could be made that like, once James Conner was ruled out of that game for the Arizona Cardinals, like Josh Dobbs really started getting exposed because they couldn't establish the run mm-hmm. and yeah. take the heat off of him. And the, the, uh, the Bengals are, I think dead last in the league in yards per carry and Seattle is really trying to start establishing the run. And they have two running backs and Charbonnet and, uh, and Kenneth Walker, the third, the starter and being able to do that. So I think they'll be able to run the ball on this defense and do the play action stuff. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Seahawks. And like another thing too is, yeah, Burrow looked great moving around. What's he like? What's the vibe the next day? Like how bad was yeah. that calf barking the next day? Because like if he was if he did that, and I get it, it's like a must win game, a must win scenario. Your season's on life support at this point. It's week four. We're going into week five and you're staring down the barrel of, I think like Miami's coming up, you have Buffalo, you have like, you know, the, the, and then Kansas city, like you have the, the big guns, of the AFC coming down, down the pipe. Like you need to start winning some games. Like I, I really want to see how the, the calf's going to hold up. And I think Seattle's defense coming off of a bye, they're able to start getting a little bit more healthier. And I really want to see like this matchup between uh, potentially Witherspoon and Jamar Chase, and if they're going to have Wither- if they're going to have Witherspoon blitzing as well too as the extra guy coming in and on this offensive line is kind of eh right now. Like it's you know I'll take my chance with Seattle covering and winning outright. Uh, same situation with the 49ers and the Seahawks. Any concern with a West Coast team traveling across country for a one o'clock game? 
Uh, a little bit. I can buy it. I could definitely see it. Um, that's why I'm, you know, for one, my for my best bet, I'm just I'm taking them to cover. But I think honestly, they're just going to try to establish the run and run it right down uh, Cincinnati's throat and just have them, you know, make them stop. So I'm, I still, I still buy it. And who knows? Like maybe Pete Carroll will have these guys travel ahead of schedule instead of on Saturday. We'll see. But I'll, I'll still up. take my chances. He's going to pull a, a Bill Belichick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, hell, like John Harbaugh was talking about having a cruise go out to to England uh, a couple of years ago to get the guys acclimated for the London game. So who knows, man? Quick side note, because you brought him up. If if we don't get a young, innovative mind in New England when Bill Belichick's fired, I wouldn't mind Jim Harbaugh. Well, I wouldn't great. mind. I wouldn't oh mind Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Sign me up. That'd be hilarious. All right, and then the last game that we're going to be previewing, probably one of the best games of the weekend. I'm really looking forward to this. The Dallas Cowboys are traveling out to Los Angeles for a home game against the Chargers. <laughs> so true. <laughs> There's no home field for the Chargers. There's no home field. Yeah. I like, dude, the other day I was watching the Chargers game. First play, Herbert's going out there, and he has his hands on his helmet. He's trying to hear the <laughs> the, the call. I'm like, bro, come on, man. So but uh, who got to win this game, bro? My God. It's like, it's like the Raiders – Pats game like the, can they both lose I mean like I have to pick and it's like which coach is gonna botch it less like I don't even my, my notes I couldn't even pick a winner That's like the here. spread it's here tough, is tough. two the spread here is two like you know Dallas in theory should be able to get Tony Pollard going because the Chargers are bad at stopping the run and like you know, the the Chargers are coming off a bye, so like Joey Bosa should be relatively healthy coming out of that, and should be able to go. Austin Eckler is going to be back for the Chargers, but it comes down to like the coaching. It's like you, Dallas isn't even using Ceedee Lamb right; they're using him as like a wide receiver three, and like a lot of stuff is going to Brandon Cooks, and he's not <laughs> that guy anymore. Yeah. But then like there's Brandon Staley, and it's just like. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's going to come down to two minutes left in the game and Brandon Staley finding a way to botch this game. I mean, gun to head, Jay. I'll take the other home team and the Dallas Cowboys in a bounce back spot that they absolutely need after getting pants on primetime the, the week before against San Francisco. But like betting wise, I want absolutely nothing to do with this game. Yeah, I uh, for me it's a toss up. Like you, li I literally was having a hard time just like you picking this game. I'm gonna lean the Chargers just because I like Justin Herbert more than I like Dak Prescott. Um, because I think very little of Dak, Dak Prescott at the moment, especially after shellacking he got uh, against the 49ers. But you're spot on right, bro. Like both these teams are just like gonna make the dumbest mistakes possible. It's gonna come down to who makes the bigger mistake late in the in the games, right? And I and I, and I just feel. Brandon Staley keeps getting away with murder. Like somehow on a weekly basis, he makes the dumbest coaching mistakes and they still win. Like, yes! like I, I just, I just find it fascinating. And I was telling you the other day, he reminds me of that. He reminds me of that gift from Jesse Pinkman from uh, breaking bad, where he's like, he can't get, keep getting away with this. That's how I feel. That's how I feel every single time he makes a dumb, dumb decision and end up winning the game. Yes. And then there's times where you like, you see him like get caught in between like, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because the times that, like, it makes sense to go for it on fourth down, he doesn't do it, and he does, like, the white flag punt. And the times mm -hmm. that it makes sense to not go for it and take the points, 
especially like with two minutes left in the game. Like it's just, it's drunk. It's like hurting drunken cats. It's insane. I mean, I, I'm going to watch this train wreck. I can't wait, but oh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great game. Absolutely. It's going to be God awful. I mean, what is, what is the over under in this game? Like, I mean, banana land, out. like it's 15 and a half. Like I know primetime unders have been the thing. Like part of me thinks this game is just going to get absolutely drunk and off the rails and like yeah. F it, like put a little sprinkle on the over. Like, let's just see what happens. Speaking of bets, let's roll right into it. The segment sweeping the nation. The segment where you should take out a second mortgage and put it on these bets. The segment where if you take this advice and put all your life savings on it, you'll be a very rich, rich person. Hey, last, last week, went 5-0 and on the NFL, the NFL weekend. You throw in college, you know, we're not, we were 9-2, and two, only missed on two games, and it was by the hook on one of them. I was so pissed. But, uh, you know, this week, you know, like I said, you got to follow me on Twitter, you know, go in the search bar, put hashtag Puma bets in there. And it'll show all of the stuff that I have posted for plays that I'm either playing that day or playing later on in the week, just trying to get the lines early. But right now, up uh, up first on the Puma bet slate, we got the Indianapolis Colts going down to Duval County, Florida, facing the Jacksonville Jaguars, just coming back from winning two games out in England. But I have Minshew Mania covering the four and a half. And I also think, Indianapolis could win that game outright because Jacksonville hasn't really been that impressive and they're coming back home a little bit. You know, there might be a little bit of a letdown spot after winning those two crucial games. One of them against the Buffalo Bills that looked like they wanted to be absolutely anywhere, but London, England. I mean, you have Jonathan Taylor coming back in the fold. He just signed that mega contract. I understand he's probably going to be eased back in the offense, but Zach Moss has looked like Utah Zach Moss running between the tackles. He got two touchdowns last week against Tennessee and Tennessee is a good rush defense. Like that's the one good thing they can do on the defensive side of the football up until last week was stopping the run. And Zach Moss made them look silly. Um, we just need for this to hit the four and a half. And it, like I said, I have Indianapolis winning outright too. We just need really? Gardner Minshew to beat Gardner Minshew and not buy into the Minshew mania. Just stay within mm -hmm. yourself. Don't be stupid with the football. You have like the fourth best offensive line in the NFL right now. Just let them open up the open up holes in the gaps and and pound the rock with uh, with Moss and, and Jonathan Taylor. Next up, I said it uh, a couple of segments ago. I got Seattle plus three. I think they could also win outright too. I think they're froggy enough. I'm I'm barking with a lot of dogs this week, um, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna go Seattle covering the three points. Uh, if you like Cincinnati, I would probably go to FanDuel where the spread is two and a half right now. If you like Seattle, I would jump on get the three on DraftKings. Uh, San Francisco, uh, right now it is minus five. FanDuel was, I guess, dumb enough to leave a minus three right after Sunday night football for this game against Cleveland. I jumped on that and immediately after that, that thing started moving. So I'm going with San Francisco minus three. I was still played at San Francisco minus five and a half. Essentially for me, like I feel like anything under a touchdown for San Francisco is almost automatic at this point. And call it essentially like a money line parlay. Uh, I have the Philadelphia Eagles parlayed with the LA Rams. Uh, the Eagles are playing the Jets. Uh, early in the week, they were six and a half point favorite. I think that's gone through seven. Some books might have seven and a half. And the Rams are, I believe they're at, no, they're on the road in Arizona, I believe. And uh, they're, they're facing the Cardinals. Uh, the Rams are just going to be in a bounce back spot. Uh, like I said, James Conner is going to be uh, – he's on injured reserve. 
so he's going to be out a minimum of four games. Uh, I think a lot of that offense is going to be going on injury reserve with him and masking Josh with Dobbs uh, deficiencies. And Dobbs has been great this season, but, you know, Connor did a lot of the lifting, in my opinion. Uh, so we just need Philadelphia and the Rams to win. And then for college right now, that's going to change throughout the week. But the only college bet I have right now is uh, Air Force at home against Wyoming. Air Force is laying 10 and a half. I'm going to lay the 10 and a half because to quote Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, Air Force is a wagon with wings. They are just <laughs> absolutely demoing teams. Uh, they they ran rough shot on San Diego State, and I get it. It's Wyoming. Uh, they're the 70, 72nd ranked rush defense in the country, which you know sounds like a that's a ridiculous number. But when we're talking about 72 out of like 130 plus FBS teams, like that's rather good. But I feel like Air Force is just firing at all cylinders. They had a bye week, so they they were able to prepare for this game to a certain extent. And uh, Wyoming just had a gutty performance uh, at home in Laramie against Fresno State. I think they at, they ended Fresno State's like 14-game win streak. Um, so give me Air Force laying the 10 and a half. Uh, you might want to jump on the under two because I think both teams are just going to try to establish the run. But I think Air Force is going to be able to break off the big, the big runs and put the points on the board. All right, as is customary, let's look at the football schedule for college football. <laughs> yeah, you look at me like Air Force, like yes, <laughs> I'm like, yes, what, Jay, dude? Like, Air Force. Uh, where, where do you get these from, man? Like, I, I yeah, I'm not watching that game. Okay. <laughs> hey, so we got CBS Sports Network. Let's go. Georgia, Vandy, uh, Indiana, Michigan. I mean, the 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 low hanging fruit is USC going to South Bend to face Notre Dame. Ooh, Oregon, Washington. We got another good one too. Yeah, we got to win that game, bro. I'm going to look at it. If the line is still like two and a half or two, I'm probably going to I'm going to back the Huskies uh, because, you know, Bo Nix is great, but road Bo is a thing and they're on the road in Washington. So I might go with the Huskies there. And then USC versus Notre Dame. You got Notre Dame or USC? Probably USC, right? I mean, I guess USC. But, like, defense is god-awful. I mean, they really should have lost to Arizona. Like, that was yeah. a bad game. And Notre Dame just lo looks lost on offense, in my opinion. Um, you know, I might look at a total in that game just because I, I just I, – I have a hard time buying into USC with that – with how bad that defense is. Like, it's just – it's god-awful. There's a reason – what are they in the, the AP poll right now, Jay? Like, seven? Like between yeah, like seven and twelve, nine. yeah. Like, and there's a reason. Like Caleb Williams is great, but like you're not going to win a national championship with mm -hmm. that defense. Like they're not tackling anybody. Like they had that scare two weeks ago against Colorado in Boulder, and then I think I believe they might have even been at home uh, when Arizona came to town, and like they was, went to well, yeah, they went to two overtimes, and it's almost like nobody knew the overtime rule. <laughs> like it was just it's bad. So like yeah. I don't really want to pick a side in that game, but like gun to head, I guess I'll go with, I'll go with uh, USC because Hartman looks, looks brutal. And like, ever since like the Notre Dame, the, uh, the Ohio state game, like that offense has gotten progressively worse. Let's go. Let's go. I'm just waiting for next week, bro. Ohio state versus Penn state. Oh, mm -hmm. that's going to be good. You guys got Indiana, right? Yeah. We're just going to up uh, Purdue, Indiana. One of those, 
as to quote Colin Cowherd, Panera Bread State University, it doesn't really matter who it is. We're just going to roll them, you know. I might not even watch it, truthfully. Might work on the car, but yeah, I'm just, I'm waiting for next week. You know, and Colin, Colin, you know, makes a great point that, you know, a lot of people are not happy with this, like, you know, um, college ball realignment, especially like older folk. Yeah, younger folk like me and you are super excited about it, but some of the traditionalists, they don't like this, but. When you see the weeks like this, you're like, this is why you need realignment. Because when when SC, when, when we have those four teams coming to the Big Ten, USC, uh, UCLA, Michigan, Oregon, during the Big Ten, like next year, like do you understand on a weekly basis we're gonna have big games? Like right now, the big games are Ohio State, uh, Penn State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan versus I don't know, like Michigan State. Like that's the four or five big games in the, in the conference this year. Next year, on a weekly basis, you're going to have Washington versus Michigan, USC versus Penn State, Ohio State versus, like, big brands like Oregon. Like, that, that's going to be insane with, with all the conference realignment and all the big games that we're going to have. Because I do believe that college football has a big game problem. Like, yeah, you'll have two or three big games for, for college every year, but the rest of them are crap. Like, the rest of them are playing, like, Purdue and all that stuff. So, you know, with the NFL, like, you know, week in, week out, it's a big game, and anybody can win. I think that's where eventually the Big Ten, the SEC, will get to as well. Mm-hmm. This is true. And real quick, before we leave, like, um, the Red River shootout, and I call it the shootout, mm-hmm. I don't call it the rivalry. That was fantastic. Oh, and that was stuff, That was dude. amazing. Good stuff. Um, do you think, do you think Oklahoma has, because they, I think they're number five right now in the AP poll. Do you think Oklahoma has a legitimate shot at making the playoff. It's the no. expanded field this year, right? Or is no. that next year? That's next year. Yeah. Nice. No, no, because I think they caught Texas napping. Uh, listen, not, not napping. Uh, they, they had to get up for that game. I think Texas is better than what they showed on the field. And I think eventually Texas and Oklahoma have to play again in the Big in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, so like they'll, they'll be playing again in the Big Twelve. So do you do you believe Oklahoma is going to be able to beat Texas twice in a year? I don't. I mean, I know we all got our issues with Texas. I, I, mean, I had a feeling. I texted you this that morning, didn't I? This is the type of game Texas would lose. Like they're feeling good about themselves. It looks like they're back. They're all high and mighty, and bam! What do you know? They, they let the guard down. I believe they're going to regain the confidence. This loss might be good for them. This is a good time to lose, which is early still in the college football season. You lose now, you regain some of that momentum. You're going to throttle Oklahoma in the uh, big, uh, big 12 championship game. They're going to make the playoffs. I don't think Oklahoma has a chance of beating Texas twice in a year. It would be in Jerry World too, right? Is that where the Big 12 championship game is? That's I where it was so, last, yes. wasn't it? Jerry yes. World? Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be I fun, still, yeah. maybe, maybe part of me is buying Oklahoma a little bit, but. It's uh I mean they're nice, they're scrappy, you know what I'm saying? They're overachieving. I definitely think they'll be this good that quick because last year was a train wreck for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But they they definitely impressed me. That that quarterback of theirs is nice too. I like him. Yep. What a time to be alive. Hell of a game. It's definitely on my bucket list. I, I keep telling Terrell the oh, time. I, I we're, go we're, going to the, we're going to the hey, Texas we should, State Fair. Well, we shall go sometime because that's on my bucket list as well as a college football fan. The big ones are Alabama, LSU, Alabama, um, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan. It's up there with with the, with all of them. Uh, Penn State got to get to a game in Happy Valley with the night owl, uh, the whiteout at night. That's amazing. But yes, Oklahoma, Texas, that's on the map. Like that has to happen someday for me. That's yes. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you want to plug it up and get out of here, bro? Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. So this let's episode of Pod. And previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Google Podcasts.
subscribe button and little bell button too. Get notifications when we're about to go live. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well too. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter machine, at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. And uh, that's all I got. We're plugged up, Jay. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Via con Dios.